What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, August 4th, 2016, and you guys are listening to episode number 269. I hope everybody had a good time in between shows. If you hear any kind of buzzing or uh, lawn mowers, that's because uh, Hector and his pals are in the yard, but they should be leaving soon, so... Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, got a great show for you guys today. Also going to bring on a guest, which is going to be awesome. I'm excited about uh, having this guy on the show, so we're going to uh, talk about that. Uh, a lot of stuff to talk about, actually. Uh, got a funny story uh, about something that happened in the car, which kind of relates to Kelly Meyer, so I think you guys will appreciate that. Going to uh, talk to my guest about what he thinks, what's going on in the in the this crazy election, um, obviously my unacceptable, your guys' unacceptables, some sports, some plugs, so a lot of stuff. So sit back wherever you may be, in your cubicle, on a fucking treadmill, in your car, smoking a stick, and uh, get ready for TVE 269. Before I get into the podcast, I want to, um, of course, shout out the sponsors. The Verzi Effect Podcast is sponsored by GonzoFame.com. Go to Gonzo Fame for the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians of today, comedians of tomorrow, household names, up-and-comers, uh, Dave Gavry out there, funny up-and-coming comic uh, himself in uh, Chicago, puts together an excellent, excellent website. Uh, I did an interview with this guy, and he really kind of just just gets, gets the good questions, knows how to get the good answers, and still keeps it really cool for the artist. So if you're a comedy nerd, which you probably are if you're listening to this, check out Gonzo Fame. Also, City Living Dog and Coach Mike. Go to citylivingdog.com, City Living Services. Um, I'm sorry, City Living Dog Services and Coach Mike. Truly one of the best uh, dog trainers there is in the country. This is a guy who should have his own show. He's told me so many things to help out with our dog, Lloyd, and um, you could see all of his stuff on social media. Uh, His YouTube page is incredible. This guy's got some videos of, like, dogs ripping his face apart, literally, like his lip was, like, slit in half, and then 10 minutes, and this thing looked like a fucking, like, this one is so comical that it looked like in the movies when the dog is like be- trying to barrel through the door and then finally just a snout breaks through and you just see teeth. That's what this dog was doing. And 10 minutes later, he had this dog like a choir boy. It's insane the shit that these guys do. Um, he's got videos of uh, pit bulls with his three-year-old daughter. Amazing stuff. So check him out on Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube.com, City Living Dog, and Coach Mike. The guy is truly the best. And I know people who listen to TVE actually uh, hit Mike up. So thank you. Tell him that uh, Paul Verzi and the Verzi Effect podcast uh, sent you. Also, the newest sponsor of the show, which I'm super excited about, is uh, Drink More Good and DrinkMoreGood.com. Just an absolutely awesome drink product. Uh, the mixers and syrups that you put into seltzer. It is a just a cleaner, healthier, organic version of a, of a soda, basically, um, that you make as sweet or unsweet as you want. The flavors are amazing. Uh, these guys are doing a fantastic job. Uh, I like the ginger ale, but they got a ton of stuff uh, on there. So uh, Jason over there at uh, Drink More Good, 
awesome, awesome product. And this is the type of thing that people are getting. I was out there, and you guys know I drink on the show all the time, seltzers and stuff. But this is, I was out recently at a show. Somebody had one of those little syrup things, and they were putting it in, and it wasn't even nearly as healthy, you know, as what these guys are doing. So definitely uh, check out Drink More Good and go to uh, drinkmoregood.com. Like I said, it's handcrafted syrups and mixers from real organic ingredients, hand-crushed herbs, spices, uh, fresh ginger, fresh citrus, uh, no preservatives, uh, no artificial anything, no high uh, fructose uh, corn syrup. The shelf life in the fridge is up to uh, eight months. And uh, a 12-ounce bottle gives you up to 24 servings, and it is absolutely awesome. Delicious flavors. And um, their uh, retail, their um, production kitchen is located at 383 Main Street in Beacon, New York. You could also use the syrups and mixers for cocktails and even cooking and baking and all that stuff. So uh, check out drinkmoregood.com. And these guys are awesome. They even like help build water wells in like Uganda and Haiti and Ghana with the generosity.org. They just do amazing stuff. So uh, check it out, Drink uh, drinkmoregood.com. And you could use the code word goodmaker to get 20% off of that. Tell them TVE and the Verzi Effect sent you and you guys can, because I like seltzer and shit like that. I love drinking stuff like that, but I can't drink a cream soda now because this shit will go to my neck and I'll look unacceptable in fucking 24 hours. <laughs> These guys give you a seltzer and you make it the way you want to make it. So it's just such a better alternative um, to you fat fucks who like soda. <laughs> totally kidding, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, all right, and of course, All Things Comedy. Go to allthingscomedy.com for your best podcasts. That's where the Verzi effect resides. Uh, also, All Things Records. <clears throat> Excuse me, that's where I did my album uh, with them. Also, my buddy Giannis Pappas just did his al album, uh, uh, Let Me Be Giannis, with, uh, with them. So, uh, great albums, great podcasts. Check them out uh, at allthingscomedy.com and follow them on Twitter at allthingscomedy. Now, to the show, everybody. Uh, like I said, I hope everybody had a good time in between shows. I'm excited. I can't believe I've been doing this uh, 269 times. And uh, I have a guest with me today, a, a very funny up-and-coming comedian in his own right. He has been a friend of mine now for a couple of, a couple of years, all right? Yeah, like two, three years. Almost. Uh, Alexis Guerreros, welcome to the uh, Verzi Effect podcast. Alexis comes from the uh, unbelievably white privileged neighborhood of Newark, New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. uh, so. That's what most people say about it, actually. <laughs> you know, yeah. just, it's, it was very white and not yeah. scary. Yeah, uh, we car, all wore sweaters around our shoulders. Cars weren't being stolen every, th every two seconds. <laughs> My car definitely didn't get stolen three times. <laughs> you know, the funny thing about uh, Newark is the first time I did an urban show, I did a, first of all, I did an urban show in Newark. That's how much I wanted well, comedy. I think the word urban in Newark is redundant in that sentence. You did yeah. a Newark show. We get it. Yeah, exactly. And it was at some club that they transformed into this comedy night, and I was hungry. So it was either before the show or after the show. There was a KFC, and I went in there, and there was like two-inch thick bulletproof glass bulletproof yes. glass that you had to slide under and that let me realize all right you know something yeah. dude why don't you get in the car and get the fuck out of here first time i was dating my wife we met in college and i went to a went to get chinese food with her right and i was like where's all the bulletproof glass you know i'm like these people aren't afraid <laughs> yeah where did she grow up she grew up in secaucus which is like a really she her family's all from like hoboken in jersey city but that's like their suburb. Like that's like their ver like Hoboken's Westchester. You get what I'm saying? Right. Secaucus is like the nice town that people with like the good jobs went to. Right, right. 
And uh, your wife, speaking of your wife, your wife is very talented in her own right, very talented a photographer. She actually did the artwork for my album. Yeah, she had um, such a blast with you on that. Yeah, she yeah. said I was a little bit of a pain in the ass. But, well, you know. she told me that afterwards, but I was going to say that <laughs> to your fans. You know? <laughs> yeah, she was like, Paul, it's three in the morning. We get it. Like, yeah, she yeah. actually called me, and I could hear her rolling her eyes during the shoot. It was tough. <laughs> so... Um, Alexis has been Alexis was at the epic 4th of July parties uh, oh, yeah. and uh, Alexis and I became friends you actually said something to me which took me back and you actually helped me with younger comedians because you said something to me and then somebody else mentioned something to me and I was like shit maybe it's me but you said something that kind of stuck with me and um, I'll preface it by saying this when I first met Ari Shafir right mm-hmm I didn't know if I liked Ari, and I told Ari this. I didn't. I was like, you know, is this guy like a smug dick? Like, I didn't know. <laughs> I said the same thing to him, by the way. Yeah, I didn't know. And then all of a sudden, when you meet Ari and you know Ari, you're like, no, this guy's just shy, and he's just like, you know, but when you get to know the guy, he's absolutely a fucking sweetheart, nice guy, cool to hang out with. So going to the story that I, I was started out by saying how me and Alexis met was we were in, um, I think we were in Long Island City, or we were, we were in, at the stand, and he said something. And then we were in Long Island City, and we were driving back from the standing room in Long Island City. You're like, hey, I'm going to the stand. And I was like, yeah, no problem. I'll drive you. And so like, you were in a bit of a rush to get to that set. Was that this one, or was this just like the one? The first well, we were, we were like really new at like knowing each other. Yeah. And it was more of like two comedians working on the same show. And yeah, of course, I'll drive you over the bridge. And then... I said something to you along the lines of like, I like you, dude. You're a cool dude or something. And you said to me, you were like, oh, yeah. Oh, man, cool. Like, and I was like, what do you mean? And you were like, well, you're, you're a tough nut to crack or something. So, and I was like, what do you mean? And you were like, yeah, dude, you kind of come across as like, like not a guy to approach. And I, for, for <laughs> me, and I know you listeners know me, you listen to the show. I always pride myself on on treating people. And not that I never did treat anybody with the same respect that I want to be treated with, but... I never looked at it like, I guess because when I go to work and I'm thinking about getting better and doing what I have to do, plus knowing that I drove an hour, I have to drive another hour, hour and 20, you know, I got kids, I got shit going on, that maybe when I'm standing there, I don't really realize, but you were like, yeah, dude, like you don't really come across as a dude that like you could go up to and talk to and like you don't really seem like a dude that would be friendly. And I remember being really kind of taken back and feeling sad Thanks, Dick. You scarred yeah, me. No, 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 no problem. No, but I'm like, actually gonna lean in harder because I I don't think it's that you're thinking about your act and stuff. I think that you are the type of guy that you're like, I like everyone, and everyone as long as you're respectful, I'll right. be respectful back. Right. But you're an acquaintance, and you have to earn friendship with Paul oh, Hersey. Oh, okay. That's what it is. So don't don't make it out to the guy. The people who listen to this podcast. So the guy in like Denmark right now is listening has a better friendship with you. Than, right. than someone who's met you like six times in person because you're not standoffish. You're just like, you could see it in your face. Like, just because you say hello to me doesn't make you my friend. Right. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, you're I the guess... type of guy that like, you want to make sure that person's cool. You want to make sure that person's respectful. Right. You want to make sure that person gets it, that you want to make sure you're not struggling to have a conversation with that guy or that girl before you're like, all right, cool. Now we're friends. Like I met That's Lawhead first and Lawhead was just like, yeah, hey, we're buddies. And yeah. it was like easy. You were yeah. like, it's going to take you three times before we can be cool. <laughs> That's really interesting. And, and you bring up a, you bring up like an interesting point about it because I think, and maybe the reason why that happened was because 
there are so many amazing people in comedy, and I think some of the greatest relationships and some of the greatest people. I, I can honestly say this, and I'm not saying it because it's my profession or, you know, a lot. Some of my close, a lot of my friends aren't comedians, and people have kind of given me shit saying like, you don't. I, I didn't embrace the community at first. I didn't. I didn't care about the comedy community. I didn't want to play basketball with comedians on a Saturday. I <laughs> yeah. didn't. I yeah. wanted to. I wanted to do stand up. Do what I love to do. Um, get better at my craft and kind of be away from it right. because the crowd was always a lot of people and it was like you're going into a packed place so me you know you see where I live mm-hmm. I live secluded in the woods and maybe that the one or two dicks in the business that you just don't like being around I don't want to feel like that and maybe you know maybe I'll even take it a step further you know um, I talked about anxiety and depression last week's show and by the way I appreciate everybody's letters and I'm glad that I touched people that way because uh, it's something that people go through we're going to talk about something that Alexis is dealing with uh, that I'm sure people can relate to but um, yeah I think maybe insecurity plays a part in it I think that dealing with people that I used to maybe not want to deal with makes me have that but yeah because I think that I'm afraid that people aren't going to be like me and and not everybody is going to be like me like if you're cool and you're awesome, then like, that's great. That's what I want. But I think there is something up. So, but when you said that to me, I was like, man, like this is a nice dude. And and I remember your wife saying something. I told your wife the story about what you said to me and she goes, oh yeah, for sure. You definitely are are like that. And I'm like, wow. So, and then, (laughs) thanks honey for supporting me. And then another comedian, uh, Nico White. Yeah. Nico White said something to me, a stand up New York where we were talking. He's like, yeah, you know, I remember one time I said hi to you and you were just like, and then all of a sudden I'm thinking to myself and I'm like, wait a minute. Maybe people aren't coming up to me. Maybe the people that aren't coming up to me, they're not dicks. Maybe I'm giving them a vibe. Right. So now what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to be like, but you were the only person that kind of called me out on it in a way which made me understand. Like you weren't like, oh, you're a dick. Like, because there are people that I know that look at me and and we weren't cool. And there was this weird, like, what's up? But then all of a sudden when I opened up, they were like so much different. Um, So yeah, so that's something I want to work on. So I guess thank you and also... You know, fuck you for making me feel <laughs> now like I gotta like question everywhere I go. But no, that was that's actually cool. And that made me like you because I was just like, Oh, this dude is just a real dude. Like you and you were a very nice dude. You're a very open, honest dude, and like you you're kinda like I think similar to me yeah. in the, in that way. Well, so you, you know, noticed it. I hundred percent. I think the other thing I noticed about you is as far as the comedy community goes, I was expecting everyone to be like us. Where you could walk in a room and even if you don't know everyone, everyone's busting each other's chops and that's okay right. because we all get along that way. And you're not like I I don't think I am. People have told me in the past, like some people. D tells me all the time. D's my wife. Uh, she's like, you know, sometimes you come across as intimidating to people because you you look like you're either just had an argument or you're about to have another one. And I don't think of that. In my head, I'm smiling. Everyone else sees me like growling. But like you're the same way. You and I have the same thing where we remind a lot of these comics. Some of these comics are really soft. We remind them of like the bullies in school because we're like confident and have friends and we're loud laughers. And yeah, no, you know that's, what I mean? that's a great point. And, and you know what? Um, another thing that stands out is I used to do a joke uh, and I think it's on my album, the bullying joke. And how much it, you know, bothers me to think of my son being bullied and me kind of being there for him and and me protecting him and me not liking bullies. And I remember after I got off stage, Mike Lawrence, shout out to Mike Lawrence who just winning the Euros Battle Championship. But he's, he's, yeah, he did great. And that, I mean, and you know what's cool about Mike winning that? And I was telling you earlier, that guy, guys, I can honestly tell you 
Nobody deserved it and wanted it more because I was in the back of the stand sitting at a table talking about how I really don't do it and I'm trying to focus on my new hour. And he's talking to me. This is literally a few weeks, two weeks before Montreal. And he's talking to me about how much he loves it. And not only that, he took it as far as to say, if this person's my opponent, Paul, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make him wait and have him thinking. Like, this guy is, like, premeditated with it. And the fact that he took it that seriously, I heard when he was in Montreal... Um, all he did was think about it. He said all he did was think about it and concentrate on that, and he won it. But anyway, back, so congratulations to him for the Rose Battle Championship because yeah. he deserved it. He wanted it. And it's yeah. like any champion. It's like when Jordan wanted to – like he – like when I – honestly, I can honestly tell you some people did it for fun. Some people did it for exposure. He did it because he genuinely loves right. it and wanted to win it, and that's why he won it. If the cameras weren't there, he would have had the same amount of energy and had the same If bits. the cameras weren't there, yeah, the guy just yeah. really dedicated himself to it. And was like, this is what I'm focusing on, and he executed it. But he said something to me on stage, which goes to what you're saying about being reminded of the bully. He got on stage after me. This is back in the day at CB's. Wow. And he goes, wow, Paul doesn't look like the guy that would talk about bullying like that. He looks like the guy that would look at his son and be like, yo, man up. Yeah. Instead of like really being compassionate. And that's another thing that let me realize... All right, wow. Yeah. My face is an issue with people. Yeah, yeah. You know, like people look at me sometimes and they're like, dude, this guy should have flour on his sweater. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we both know? sound like, like the guys look, arguing yeah. at the back of a deli. Yeah, yeah. And be like, I'll tell you what's you wrong with the Knicks and like I got prosciutto would, on you my face. You and me look like we would scream about like a Bill Parcells decision in the back yes. of a fucking deli for like three hours. Yeah. And like people would just come in and we'd be like the old guys yeah. playing chess. Yeah. But I the mean, game never finished. It was like three <laughs> moves in like two months. And we're like, we don't even know yeah. whose turn it is. One sandwich per move. You know, yeah. we've had three sandwiches, <laughs> yeah. three moves. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so I'm glad you did that. But anyway, long story short, Alexis and his wife have become friends. Um, with my, myself, my wife, my family. Great family. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, welcome to the show. You uh, recently uh, got on Gotham. Yeah, And you dude. killed. Congratulations. Thank you, man. That means a lot. And you are doing a new uh, podcast now, which is doing well out of the gate, which is about soccer. Yeah, it's um, it's been going. We actually just had our year anniversary. Uh, so we've had 52 episodes and I remember talking to you, and you were like, dude, if you're going to do a podcast, just be consistent. Give yeah. your fans something to listen to every week. And it's been hard because it's myself and another person. We're two comedians, myself and Christian Polanco. We're both season ticket holders to a soccer team out here in New York. And we just love soccer. And not a lot of people talk about soccer in a funny way. It's just not one of those things that happens. Most of the time, it's typically rants or players. So we said, why don't we do it? Why don't we be funny about soccer? And we'll still, you know, bitch and complain about the sport. But, like, let's try to give people who love soccer especially in America, something to listen to that talks about their teams, not just the European ones that everyone talks about. Let's do it for New York. Let's do it for the U.S. And it's been picking up a lot of steam. We've been doing videos with Flama, which is Univision's digital network. And, uh, you know, it doesn't hurt that it's two Hispanic guys. You know, they're like, oh, good. One of them's brown, one of them's fat. Get them on the air, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Someone told us that we look like the uh, Hispanic American Pickers. You ever see that show, oh American my, Pickers? Oh my God. It's so funny to oh think of. Oh my that. God! Yeah, because he's tall, dark, Dude, and thin. Dude, that is fucking perfect. <laughs> How great is that? Oh my! God. It's so. You know you what guys, you have to do? You have to do this now. You guys have to do we this. You do have it. to do a side by side. Yeah. You, you have to. You have to find a picture of those two guys, and you have to get almost the same clothes and reenact the photo. Be Your happy wife to do could it. do it. Yeah. And you guys have. You have to put those out, dude. That would be. And then you have to put it on an episode. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you have to do that. I'm actually gonna pull up a photo of us that she just took that got people to say that. But go ahead. You were. You were. The podcast is doing really well. Thanks for mentioning that. No, no. Of course, of course. And um, you know, 
Alexis is like doing. Oh my god, that step <laughs> picture is so fucking. <laughs> oh my. We god. look like we look like we're a real estate duo, right? You really do look like a Latino version <laughs> yeah. of the of the short guy in the picker. Yeah, you really, really do. And he looks like because he's thin and tall and skinny. If you guys get a chance, just go to cool, soccercooligans.com. You'll see the photo. Oh, uh, look at his but, smooth Latino. Like, right? He just looks like a baby. He does. Like, he's like thirty something, and he looks like he's turning twelve tomorrow. Oh, dude, when that guy's like eighty, he's gonna look <laughs> yeah. like that. That yes. with like gray hair. Yeah, still can't grow chin hair. This fucking that, guy. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Meanwhile, I had a beard in eighth grade. You know, uh, Alex. <laughs> that's so funny. Alexis and I were talking about um, certain certain uh, comedy and comedy styles, and what industry is looking for, and what industry wants, and what industry is picking, and then the long guys. You know, the slow burn, the, right. the marathon runners. Which uh, we fall in the category guys that I could think of off the bat. A guy like Godfrey, yeah. A, a guy like Burr, a guy like um, you know Jim Norton. And, and I feel sir. so uncomfortable being put in that list. No, no, but you know? I'm just <laughs> like, talking about. Listen, I know, I know you're, you're not talking I, about I, talent. No, I know you're just, no, I know you're yeah. newer. Yeah. And you're you're coming up in the, in the younger. But I'm saying that your style, right? And, I, and probably a reason that I, I get along with you is because we have a similar lifestyle as far as married. Yeah. Uh, you know, talking about. Uh, you know, stories and talking about family and just anything and not the straight, typical right. kind of, Premise you know, a punchline. Pr- yeah, kind of that late night, like, right. So then she said this and then a guy said this and then, and then boom, and then it's there. Now the key is, and we're talking about to balance both like right. me, what I like to do is, and, and my favorite, I don't know what your favorite one was, but my favorite one, like I think a perfect, perfect example of what stand up comedy should be. You know, Eddie Murphy's an easy one to say because Raw and Delirious is so amazing and so. But that's very distinctive talent. That's like it's an Eddie Murphy style. Right, and not only that, but Eddie Murphy is the most talented. We've talked about this many. Eddie Murphy is the most talented person of the last thirty-five years, and I mean, I could sit and talk with anybody about it, and I would argue anybody. What Eddie Murphy has done in thir- of the last thirty-five years of our lives is really, or or fine if you want to. It's from nominations of Oscars and winning Golden Globes or, or nominated for them for the guy, I mean, not a good singer, but the fact that the guy could sing, the guy could dance, and he wrote the sketches he wrote at 18 years old on SNL, and he had two of the greatest specials by the time he was 25. I mean, so I'm going to put him aside almost because it's almost yeah. unfair. It's He's, almost like, it's almost weird how good it was. Right. So let's say, and he also was changed the game and shit with certain things. Uh but I'm going to say something like Dave Chappelle killing him softly. Now, if you watch Killing Him Softly, which is an amazing HBO special, he did something there which I love. He did quick jokes. He did jokes that could be on a late night. He told stories and jokes that could never be on a late night. He was lengthy some. He was he was quick. He was in the middle. He was goofy. He would he did a little bit of quick improv with the right. crowd. He did it was just everything that I and and the comedians that I love like like last night at the stand, this, I, like comics were just going on stage and they were just having, it was a great crowd and we're all having fun. It's a monster lineup. But people were like, ah, maybe I'll do that joke. Maybe I'll fuck with the crowd. Maybe I'll tell yeah. a story. Maybe not. And it was just this amazing thing. And that's the comedy that I like. And, and I think that that's what you're striving yeah. to do. And I think that that's why guys like you um, are, are doing the right thing because I think longevity wise, I guess the point I'm trying to make is you're going to have an easier time doing an hour right. in fucking Milwaukee right. than a guy who's doing a bunch of quick sets 
Right. That will. I hope so. You know, it reminds me a lot. Like when I got arrested when I was young, I had to do golden. I had to do gold. I got in Newark, New Jersey. Um, I had to do golden glove. Like, but I had to box. It was like community service. They made me go to a boxing gym as like a way to like. Not. By the way, you have to get arrested if you grew up in Newark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The judge has no. like a three yeah. arrest minimum. You don't graduate. The judge is like the judge is like this is only two. I know like, you don't have enough. You don't have enough electives and arrests. Uh, <laughs> enough credits <laughs> to graduate. Uh, <laughs> But the one guy, I was, I never sparred because I'm not a, I fight like I, if I have to fight, but I don't want to, boxers know what they're doing, you right. know, and your friends can't come into the ring with you when you're boxing. So the one guy finally wanted me to spar and I'm like, I'm not sparring against this kid. The kid weighed like half of what I do, but he looked like, he looked like if, if like a, a pit bull and a bumblebee got it, you know, mated. This kid was fast and he looked angry at me That's and so we've bad. never met. I'm like, this dude is tiny, but he looks like he's a beast and he hits like a monster. And the guy leans over, who was our trainer, he leans over and he goes, his left hook will kill you. But if you're worried about the left hook, that's when the right hook will drop you. And buy and be worried about his jab because his jab hurts too. And that's the thing. It's like yeah. for comedy, I've always remembered that because like I want to be known for my left hook. But when you expect the left hook, I, you're, I'm going to hit you with a right hook. And when you're not expecting anything, I'm going to hit you with the jab. Yeah. And they're going to hurt. So like I want to have like a lot of tools in my belt. You know what I mean? Yeah. And another reason why I like Alexis on the show, and I know a lot of comedians listen to this and younger comedians, and Alexis does something that I really like. And what he does is he's always questioning his act. He's always, you know, something good happens, and he has the, uh, the reptile feeding disorder that I think all good <laughs> comedians have. Yeah. And, you know, you eat, you know, a snake will eat a big fucking pig, and he's happy for like a couple of weeks. But all of a sudden, he starts to get skinny again, and he's getting hungry. And that's how I look at, like, in comedy. Like, people are like, man, you did this, and that's great. And it's like, yeah, you know? It, and that's how it looks. It's like, I did Madison Square Garden with Bill Burr, okay? That was a big, big, wild boar to eat. That was one of the best you know, nights of my life, you know? and I wasn't even on stage. <laughs> yeah, oh, dude, I, he, yeah, he, he was in the crowd. He got pulled out of the crowd and was backstage with us during the show. But that's a, that's, we'll get into that later. But... You know, that was me as a, if I'm a snake, which I hate snakes, but if I was that, you know, that was me eating a wild boar. So for a long time, it's like, that's great. And then the big meal before that was the album. So there's two big meals. But then all of a sudden, and now it's like, what's next? So me, I'm hungry and I'm looking for the next thing to eat. I want to do another hour. And you have that as a young comic and a lot of young comics listening to this. Even if you're getting better, just know, man, you got to get better. If you, you know, are starting to tell stories and they're coming out better, good. Now do some act outs and now do that and, you know, and, and really push yourself. And you're the type of guy that you'll be like, I'm happy, man. This went well. This was great. And then I see you two weeks later. And you're like, ah, I don't like my act. I need to do this. I need to do that. That is indication 100% of growth, right direction, and all that shit. And I think that not enough comedians do that. I think a lot of comedians get complacent. And they get a formula that works, and then they stick to it, but they're never pushing themselves. Right, and I don't know where it comes from. I don't know what it is for you, because I know you're like this, and this is why. Well, I come severe to anxiety, depression, <laughs> not a, having my dad around, and insecurity. Yeah. But other than that, I literally you just. I, other than I don't know if I ever have anxiety, depression. A D tells me all the time, and she's like, you know, you were depressed like a couple months ago, and I'm like, no, I was just a little down, and she's like, yeah, that's kind of how that works. Like you just, I don't see it because I'm always worried about like. What can I do next? Like, I'm like a shark in my, in my way. Like, I'm so afraid to stop swimming because I feel like I'm going to drown. You know what I mean? I want to get better. I don't know what it's going to take to get better, but I'm so afraid that I'm going to be left behind. Yeah. You know, that I'm not going to have enough talent to get to the next level because, I don't know, comedy is the first thing besides, like, meeting my wife where I'm like, oh, no, this is it. 
Like I've done a lot of other things. I've been in corporate America. This is the first time oh, yeah. I like when I grabbed the microphone for the first time. I'm like, oh, okay. So this is what comfortable. This is what comfortability feels like. This is what right. happiness feels like. Yeah, it's it's you. It's something that like once you get, it's like I couldn't imagine. Right. Like I couldn't imagine not being able to do it. Lucas, are you all right, buddy? Yeah. All right. <laughs> We're almost done, and my son Lucas is hanging around. He's. He's like, all right, guys, what's going on yeah, over here? You've yeah. been sitting in it. But it was so funny. I said, all right, I'm doing the podcast now. He goes, you didn't do it yet? He goes, what have you guys been doing? And I was like, oh, my God, yeah. you are your mother's son. My, is my wife texting him? Yeah. <laughs> Dialogue? Um, but, yeah, so, you know, I think that I think that there, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. But you remember um, the Dave, David Foster? Yeah. Called himself Sauce for a while? Yeah, of course. Yeah. He wrote a blog about how we can't even be doing something we love, like being with family, right? Or so, without thinking about what's and and it's a really really hard thing to do, and it's something that now that I have a family and stuff, I try to do. But as much as you love it, as much as you couldn't imagine yourself doing anything else, right? There's this thing that it's hard to turn off, and you know. Like even for me, and you know, I was suffering from something that, that I, I talked to you guys about. And I, I didn't, you know, a lot of people are like, wow, I wouldn't expect that from you. Or I didn't think you would be like that. And it's like, look, man, when your body and mind is beat up, both, you know, physically and mentally and emotionally from traveling, from thinking, from, from you know, getting in a car, from all the stuff that goes on and you get hit and I have OCD. I have a lot of things that I deal with that people don't know. But, um, you know, and that's fine. That's something. Look, we all got our thing. Anybody listening to this, I, I, I know you guys have it because the letters I got and the people writing to me saying how I got them through it. Look, everybody deals with things different. Whether you were like, yeah. let's say your wife is right and you were depressed a little while ago to you. You're not processing it that way. Or maybe subconsciously or just that whole fucking man and pride thing that people have that won't allow you to be like, wow, I was in a bad place. Right. I think, though, the, I think the best way is sometimes that if you can honestly be like, look, man, um, when, the lowest points of my life was when I actually asked for help. Right. Like when I was at the lowest points, yeah. I was like, look, I can't do this alone. And I don't mind if I need to talk to somebody, if I need medication. I, I'm at the point now, but that's, that's a breaking point. Yeah. Because the breaking point comes to, listen, I'm either going to be miserable and never get better. Right, right. Or I'm going to, I want to fix it. Like when I was, when I was uh, you know, drinking a lot, substances a lot. Yeah. Uh, I was funny looking for my son. Yeah, yeah. When I was, he uh, before he said yeah, it. yeah. When I was blacking out, I mean, yeah, yeah. When I was, that's, that's a board game. Yeah. No. Um. When I was doing that, I had a breakdown. I was, I was, uh, I was sitting there with a buddy drinking forties. I was up nights in a row, many, many nights in a row yeah. till the sun came up. I was doing whatever it was there, and I started, and all of a sudden, I started noticing that I was shaking. I was exhausted and I just broke down and my buddy was like, dude, and that's when I had to come home. I left school and I had, but I was at the point where I needed to get better. Yeah. And, and I got to say like, great thing that you had that breakdown because it stopped. You stopped what you were doing. Right. You knew like, oh, this can't continue. You know what right, I mean? Right. Like, and I think that that's a blessing to have that. Like some people don't. Yeah. No, and that's I when agree. you hear bad things. Yeah. That's when you hear, oh, so-and-so dropped dead. His heart yeah. couldn't take it no more. Right. You know, or there's no, there's no. There's no honor in, a, in ignoring something because you think it's going to make you less of a man. Same thing with my health recently. I just found out that my blood pressure is elevated. Yeah. And my grandfather on my father's side, who I didn't know until later, into my 20s, he died of a stroke. There's a, a popular comedian who just suffered a stroke. Yeah. Uh, I don't Keith, know if he talks. Does he talk about it? I don't oh, know. Well, people know. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keith Robinson, who 
you know, he's thinner than I am. You know, Patrice died, had diabetes. He's much bigger than I am. But like as a yeah, big guy soul, yeah. and I talk about food and I, you know, I'm doing stuff with food. You know, it's, it was so I was so lax about what I ate. I didn't care. And then seeing the doctor come in about to give me bad news or being strapped up to the machines and seeing that it's like glowing red. You're like, oh, that's not supposed to happen. You know, I was like, yeah. oh, boy, you know, if this was a, a race car, they'd be like, oh, my God, shut it down. You know, yeah, yeah. and here I am. And honestly, I told the doctor, I was like, I was ready to get out of here and go get a bagel. You know, yeah. that's what I was planning on doing was getting an everything bagel scooped and double toasted with a sausage, egg and cheese, ketchup and hot sauce. I mean, that's <laughs> she was like, you're not going to eat that. I'm like, no, obviously not. You know, somebody's got an eating problem when <laughs> like they could rattle off an yeah. order. Like you just rattled it off like you were like like ordering it. Yeah, like, like yeah, scooped. As soon as you say scooped with yeah. a bagel, you're just like yeah, that all, means I'm filling done. it with shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need more space inside that bagel. I'm like, let's get rid of the couch. We're gonna get a second fridge. Hey, hey, do me a favor. Hollow out this loaf <laughs> yeah. and shove it with meat. No, yeah. don't cook it. Raw yeah. beef. Honey, spill out your purse. We're gonna put some things in it. It's essentially what I was doing. You know, and it's a man. It's a maniac move. But like, yeah. you know, when you don't think about something, you don't realize it's a problem until you find out it's a problem. No, but I knew you had a problem when you brought those Polish donuts here. Oh my God. Because I've never had, I'm, guys, I'm not even joking or trying to be funny for the sake of the podcast. I swear to you, I'm not. Because it was like this different bite of a donut. It, it I like, drove over three bridges to get that donut. It was it was a donut that doesn't taste like a, it doesn't taste like Krispy Kreme. It doesn't taste like, it doesn't even taste like a good fresh Krispy Kreme or Dunkin' Donuts. It just has this different... And you bite it, right? And then you process it. And then as you're processing, you're going, this is special. Dude, I woke up in the middle of the night. I told you, I was trying to lose weight, but they were, he brought like a, a, like a dozen or whatever. And I think I brought like 24. No, you, brought, you brought like a couple dozen. Yeah. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night thinking of it. So I ran to the kitchen. One time, I think I bit, chewed, and spit out. And then another time, I would just bite one. Because then I started to get old. Yeah. And they were like getting hard, but they were so good that I would bite one. And like, even when it wasn't fully good, I'd bite it and take one bite and swallow it and then throw the rest. Like I, I couldn't, like Stacy's like, dude, the box has got to go. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 one more day. But you it's have- It's so you invited me back and I go, anything you want me to bring? And he goes, don't bring those donuts. No, don't. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, but you have a thing, and I don't want to say, oh, heavy person thing or fat dude thing, but you're a foodie. Yeah. I think there's a difference between like just a fat slob that can't control himself right. and a foodie who likes to eat. Yeah. There is a fine line. Yeah. Like a fat that dude. That Venn diagram has a lot of overlap. Uh, like a fat, right, it does. But a fat slob that can't control himself will eat a bad slice. Yeah. You won't. No. Like, like some, like that's the difference. I think sloppy fat and, and just kind of like, hey, I'm not going to not eat that because it's so delicious and I'm here and this is like a top 10 place in New York City. That A foodie does that. Yeah. A fat guy is like, I'll do number 200 yeah, yeah, in the city. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> no, I heard this one's like 199. Yeah, it's not bad. Top 200 is not yeah. bad. I yeah. kind of want to taste how bad it might be, you know? So I'm going to get three slices. <laughs> you know? Exactly. That, yeah. But you're right. That does overlap. Yeah. But you, you have to have the health conscious to not... Yeah. You got to be health conscious too because like you don't want to... You know, you're in your 30s. I'm in your 30s. Yeah. You don't want to... Because I, I think that there is a point where age and weight, you get to a point of no return, man. Yeah. Unless, like, like the percentage of guys that, like, you see on, like, Biggest Loser that lose 150, yeah. that's like... I bet you the people that lose 150 pounds and keep it off, I bet you that's... I'd say 5%, would you say? Maybe that's high. Yeah, I don't think yeah, so. Like, yeah. Because there's two things that, at hand. There's one, it's, like, whatever's, like, a lower metabolism or, like, maybe you live, like, a sedated life like I do. I'm not... I'm not you know, you asked me before, do you exercise? I mean, I couldn't have rolled my eyes hard enough. Oh, dude. You know? <laughs> we just ate, and I was just, like, talking to him salads, about Salads, by the way, we in had case salads. my wife's listening. We had salads. 
and uh, we were talking about like you know Alexis dealing with you know just making sure he could keep his uh, blood pressure to a safe level and like low sodium shit, no salt and all that stuff. And I was just like, dude, by any and like as genuine as I could be, right? I'm <laughs> yeah. just like taking a bite of my salad. I was like, dude, do you you uh, exercise? He <laughs> he couldn't have looked at me anymore. Like, are you ki- like was yeah. that a serious? But, I was almost disappointed was, in you for asking. But it wasn't even like no. It was almost like no. I would never. Yeah. And I and I don't intend to ever. Right. Like, how dare you ask me that? Like, well, what do you think? Yeah. But well, like, it's funny. Like, I think of myself as like I walk really far. The funniest part is like this doctor's known me for a while. So when I uh, when she came in and said like, oh, you have uh, you know your blood pressure's up right now and I don't say high blood pressure because I know people are suffering with like real high blood pressure mine is just elevated at the moment so it's not chronic thank you for everyone who sent me messages and stuff but um she was like it finally happened and she said that because she's known me for so long and my levels have been fine for so long she's always like look it's gonna catch up to you right now I can't say nothing but soon it's gonna catch up and there wasn't like an aha moment she was worried but she was like look it's happened now you have to change and I have I'm telling you you know like I can't do that anymore yeah like I'm strong enough like dude I grew up without a father I come from a machismo laden background where you're, you're supposed to you know you man up and chin up and handle it you know and then don't complain and you know my grandfather was like ah, oh, you don't need a doctor just you know lean on it harder and the pain will go away or you'll be able to manage like that's how I grew up so like I, sometimes I don't complain about things until it's really, really at its breaking point. So when the doctor's like, your blood pressure's high, she's like, are you going to stop eating like badly? I was like, yeah. She's like, are you going to start eating slower sodium foods? I go, yes. She goes, you seem to not be taking this seriously. I'm like, oh, dude, I'm I'm dead honest with you right now. I was like, I'll come back in a month. You I can see take your my grandfather. Pressure. I see your leg cut off yeah. and your grandfather going, well, just pick it up. Yeah. Your grandmother's sewing yeah, things. She, no. Sew it back on. I, I bought mean, her a singer. She can take care of it. I cut my both my legs yeah. off just to see if I could do yeah. that. Sew them back on with yeah. jogging. My grandfather's like, I lost three legs in the war. What war, grandma? Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. We flew planes to school. Yeah, I, know, I didn't kidding. have a license. Yeah. We held on to planes. I couldn't <laughs> afford my own plane. I'm in I'm in the I'm in the wheel section. I forgot the landing gears. You know, you kids comfortable with clothes. <laughs> yeah. We knitted our outfit. Are you kidding me? We didn't have clothes. We had an erection. We had to miss school for the whole day. <laughs> oh my god. All right. So <laughs> This is great. So I'm going to do my unacceptable, and then Alexis is here, and we're going to read your guys' unacceptables with him, and uh, and we'll go from there. I want to, we'll talk a little bit, and I don't want to get too much into the election, because me and him are kind of similar with it, like whatever, um, but we'll just kind of have a little fun with that. Um, my unacceptable for the week, okay? And this one, usually a few things happen, or one thing happened, and I'm like, fuck, I got to remember it. This one was a no-doubter. My wife is on board with me with this. We order from this Greek place. Great food. They have an unbelievable, unbelievable um, lemon beef. The beef is when the fork touches it, it falls apart like it's uh, almost like it almost falls apart like it wasn't even on a bo- right. It's ridiculous. And it's lemony and it's over rice and it's a Greek dish that is outstanding. I want it right now. Yeah, I gave up. Yeah. Giannis had a bite. And he's like, this place, it doesn't look like it would have. He took a bite. He actually got stunned. He was stunned by the bite. It's going to knock his socks off. Yeah. All right. Look, you, you forgot the unacceptable. What yeah. are we doing? I'm like, why is this podcast still on? Let's go there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, just wipe that foam off your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh... I'm looking through your fridge for leftovers. Yeah, you're like, fuck, fuck high <laughs> blood pressure. So, um... So, the, here's my unacceptable. We, deli- we get delivery, right? And... They've been here before. 
We tell them the address. I almost just said my address. It's, we tell them the address, and uh, we got podcast fans yeah, on the yeah. So we tell them the address, and I swear to God, I'm not exaggerating. He knocks on the door, and I know I had one with the guy in the pizza place who dressed like fucking Willy Wonka. This is, this is not as crazy as that, but this was unacceptable. I get to my door, maybe, maybe 10 seconds, like 10 Mississippis, but I could say you might even say less. And as I open it, the guy is starting to walk away. I was, Alexis, you know my downstairs to my, to, yeah. my, to the landing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's seven steps. Yeah, it's not and, a lot. And I'm in the middle of my living room playing with my kids. The, the door gets knocked. I walk up the stairs as I'm maybe, maybe eight Mississippis, okay? And as I'm opening the door, the guy's walking away. And I go, hey, what's going on? How you doing? And just in a panic goes, oh, I'm busy. And like, I'm like, I said to the people, does he have change? Because I gave him 100. He did not. They're like, oh, he'll have change. He goes, no, the last person gave me 100. So now he's looking at his watch. He doesn't even want to do the transaction now. He's like trying to like, and I go, hold on, I got. I want to tip you. Let me go. And he's like looking around. He doesn't want to even, and I'm like, dude, I want to be like, first of all, dude, first of all, you being in a rush yeah. and being busy has nothing to do with me asking the person who's delivering the food. I'm trying to tip you. I'm opening the door at 10 seconds. You're walking away. Like, he wanted to just leave. And I'm like, dude, you might be far, be far behind because of you. Right. Like, treat me. I want you to have to have you come back. Yeah. I'm going to keep ordering food from the restaurant. Right, of course. Like, so the fact, so A, it's unacceptable that he was leaving. With I mean, even my wife was like, I was like, was that any time at all? I was like, what would have happened if I was in a bathroom? This guy would have been a mile down the road. <laughs> and, and, and the other thing is. Wait, did he leave your food or he left with the food? He was leaving with the food. Like he, he was, Oh, that's insane. I thought he left the food. I'm like, Hey, you're going to get free food. What are you complaining about? No, no, no. He was like such in a rush and so discombobulated about something that was going on with the restaurant or other deliveries that he actually for a second just was like, screw it. I can't wait. Going to leave. And then I said, Oh, Hey man, you know me, big smile. Oh, Hey, how are you? Really busy. Like not even, Hey, how are you? There's, There's so many unacceptables. It's like, I don't understand something, dude. When you're there, that's a potential tip and money. So at least while you're there, sure. which is, which the whole, how long is the whole thing going to last? Yeah. Two minutes? Two minutes, fine. I did have to run and get him. Me, get, run yeah. and get him a it's couple more It's not like you're going to go like, oh, I got to go get you a tip. And then you get in your car and drive off to an ATM. Right. It's like you're going yeah. in your own house. I was like, listen, dude, I don't want to give you the regular two, three dollar tip you get. I, I, you know, I used to deliver pies back in the day. Yeah. I like to give four or five bucks, depending, yeah. you know? Big spender. You know what I mean? I like yeah. to give some people, some some people always, no matter what, it's two dollars. Yeah. Some people, no matter when I was a pizza delivery guy, it was either you had the two dollars every time. You had the three dollars every time, or you had the five or six dollars, people. Yeah. And the, you know, I always say, man, get in five per house. Think about that. That's not bad. That's a great day. You know, if you do in fifteen minutes, you're making in fifteen minutes, you can make fifteen, twenty bucks yeah. in tips. So I want to do that. So I'm saying to the guy, wait a second, and he's looking upset and pissed. So three unacceptables in this one. One, him leaving with my food before I get to the door. Two, I say, how you doing? To try to greet him, and he goes busy like in other words shut up i don't have time to talk and three looking pissed and all discombobulated when i wanted to go get him money absolutely unacceptable that's my unacceptable for the week i know you're on the spot and i didn't tell you about this but no but do you have an, do you have an unacceptable i actually order? just ordered food so i moved to a new neighborhood i'm in brooklyn now okay. and you know when you order delivery i lived in upper west side it's like a whole building they typically restaurants would have like two or three deliveries in that building at the same time so sometimes you get the wrong food right you know what i mean uh but we ordered delivery i don't use seamless all the time but i used it and it's brand new it's got my card in it already so i hit the button half an hour goes by 
nothing. So I call the restaurant. So it's like a burrito bowl or whatever. Yeah, it's just before the blood pressure. Uh, <laughs> burrito bowl, extra extra jalapenos. Do me some favor. Pour a whole salt bottle in there. Uh, so I order this. I order mine with extra jalapeno. Deep, my wife's with none. Uh, I call them half an hour. Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, that order already got there. Yeah, no, it didn't. That's why I'm calling you. Oh, they and said it was yeah, there? they said it got delivered already. I said, no, no, it didn't. There's two apartments in my building. I know the guy upstairs not eating burritos. So I'm like, no, it didn't. He's like, all right, well, we'll, we'll remake it again. You got to wait another 45 minutes. Oh, so I'm, I'm, unacceptable. No, it's all oh, the worst. So I tell my wife, I'm like, what the hell's going on here? And she, I was like, do you want to order from somewhere else? And she's like, no, 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 we'll wait. Half an hour goes by nothing. I pick up the phone. It's like, yeah, your phone number's not working, so we just didn't make delivery. It's now an hour later. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to order from somewhere else. We order from somewhere else. So I'm happily eating like a sandwich. Oh my the God. doorbell rings, burrito bowls. Did and the guy's, like, the guy's like, yeah, where's the... I'm like, I'm not buying your burrito bowls. Done. I'm like, I already canceled Can give the, them to you? I know. I was like, he's like, oh. no, I'm like, I'm not tipping you either for coming up here. I'm sorry. Ah, that's unacceptable. Very unacceptable. Very unacceptable. Especially when in New York, like in the city, it's like delivery is what? 90% of the money you make as a restaurant? And that's the thing. Like, and that's what I'm saying about this. Like I delivered pies and my old boss used to joke with me and say, Verzi, you're terrible in here. Okay. <laughs> you're terrible cleaning the trays. Yeah. You, you know, you, you days off and, and when you're making the boxes, right. you know, when it comes to you in the pizza place, you're not the best, but dude, he goes, I never, you come back quick. You get the delivery quick. The pizza is in and out. There was never a problem because I liked it because I had my radio on. Right. You know, I was able to to just kind of come and go as I pleased, you right. know, and if I wanted to just relax and do it. And it was like, and I did it. But like, it's like, yeah, you're bringing food. Yeah. Like, don't. Yeah. So like, and, and on a bad day, if somebody opened the door and said, how are you? I'm going to be like, hey, good. Yeah. Or, or I would be like, oh, dude, this is this is kind of not like busy, like looking. Around. Yeah. He didn't say busy, like to be funny. He said busy, like looking around like it like was a no bank heist. Talk. No, like it was a bank heist and he <laughs> the alarm was off and cops were coming. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like he said it like that. And I'm like, dude, that's not why are you making me feel rushed? Right. Busy just, also like you strolled up like in a robe. You know, yeah. like out yeah. half out of the shower. Yeah, it's like, dude, I just called your restaurant and paid you guys good money, and now I'm trying to tip you better. Yeah. You know, so yeah, so that's that's my unacceptable. Yours is really ridiculous. That's um, insane. So we're gonna get to these. We're gonna get to these unacceptables now. And uh, where are we at? Forty-five minutes. Perfect timing. Good. Good flow. Okay. So the first unacceptable we got. Don't have too many this week. Uh, first one is from subject is fat people. And, uh, <laughs> Great. <laughs> and uh, Sashin Salabi says, Verzi, what the literal fuck? I'm walking around um, until the mall. I'm walking around until the mall typing this. Okay. Uh, and just realized something. Why are people so fat? <laughs> uh, God did damn, you save how, this for me? How do we, I swear to God, I did. Uh, of course I did. Uh how do people get to the point where they can't walk? Fucking McDonald's, man. I got a general unacceptable today because I saw a lady uh, fucking fat as fuck today. Jesus, this guy's going in on fat people. Uh, <laughs> and was wearing gross sandals with their gross fat feet show. <laughs> unacceptable <laughs> to those people who get so fat that they become literally <laughs> blobs and flabs of meat. Jesus. Jesus. Holy shit. Lock them up in a cage with some goddamn fruit and a treadmill. Also unacceptable. 
uh, to you for getting chicken salad at Dunkin' Donuts. Lock you in a cage for a month with just Dunkin' Donuts chicken salad. Go fuck yourself, Verzi. Well, so she even came out. Uh, yeah, I already gave my shit. I mean, I already gave myself a ton of shit for uh, going to, you know, Dunkin' Donuts to get chicken salad. It's uh, disgusting. Oh, it was, it was, I, I needed something and I'm like, let me just get a English muffin. And then I go, oh, how's the, it was the worst. Yeah. Terrible. Um, thank you for the submission. I think you're going a little too hard on, you know, fat people in the heat. I mean, what are they supposed to do? Uh, thank you for the submission. All right, here we go. Oh boy. Uh, wow. This one, no link to this email on your website. Unacceptable. Okay. Let's see. Uh, Brian Wilson, yo, Paul, you asked for new emailers to write in, uh, so go fuck yourself in advance if it's too long or the font isn't quite over medium. <laughs> All right, because they know I like over yeah. medium. That's hilarious. All right. Anyway, huge fan of yours since seeing you open for uh, Billy at Wells Fargo Center in Philly. One of my favorite shows to this day, and I've made it no no uh, point to hide it. Uh, it was I liked it more than MSG. I thought Wells Fargo in Philly was one of the greatest experiences of my stand-up career. Uh, great fucking set, through and through. I brought two friends of mine, and it was their first time seeing stand-up at all, and now I think they're ruined for comedy. Hashtag unacceptable. Hashtag acceptable. Uh, I've been following the podcast regularly for a few months. Great way to kill hours of work while cutting metal slash loud tools going off in the background. Hope this email lives up to the high standards of the TVE listeners. Well, thank you for the time and thank you for the support. Um, among the great things uh, in the comedy podcast world right now is the fact that comedians are doing legwork of being honest and reasonable about politics and news. Uh, everyone is being told that we're more polarized than ever before on 24-7 major news outlets. But in reality, I don't hate my neighbors any more than usual. And aside from the uh, fringe few, I don't think many others do either. I like you, Wait. I like you, believe that people actually fall somewhere in the middle and make independent decisions uh, that are for both parties. Well, that's, I always try to you know, I'm a registered independent for that reason. Like, I think you're as crazy far left as you are far right. Uh, you know, I, it's, just, it's the guys from South Park said it's the same person. Yeah. It's just the guys from South Park, the creators, the, the brilliant dudes. They were like, he made the greatest point. He goes, we look at the far left as crazy. It's the same person. And it is the people that are in the middle that we always talk about. Um, so, uh, and you being the voice of reason... Uh, I feel like you'd really appreciate Libertarian candidate uh, president for president, former Governor Gary Johnson, okay, and former Governor Bill Weld. Uh, they both are elected Republicans uh, in heavily two-to-one Democratic states and re-elected then after. Okay, I mean, I heard about them. Yeah. I've, you know? I think they're on the ticket. Uh, yeah. 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 But this uh, is also the guy who didn't know who Harriet Tubman was. And this is also the guy that said, you know, I called Trump a pussy, like trying to, yeah. it's like, you know, but I get it. So anyway, let me finish here. Um, uh, anyway, I'm not going to preach to you or anybody else who to vote for. I think you would, however, really appreciate how these two adult gentlemen lay off uh, specifically what they are going to do and why. Uh, what they, wait, 
lay out, I'm sorry, lay out specifically what they are going to do and why. Yeah, the other is the other two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they just leave that out. Yeah. Like, no, we're going to do things. Yeah, no, yeah. we're going to be great. Believe me. Yeah, that's what no, says. Believe me. <laughs> it was going to be great. Yeah, no, you vote for me yeah. and then I'll tell you. Uh, you sound like the Italian president bit <laughs> I used to do. Uh, okay. Uh, what they're going to do and why. Uh, what they did do and how it worked and refused to get into the childish name calling and distraction techniques uh, employed by both the Republicans and Democrats who spend more time shitting on the other party than they do speaking about uh, what they want to do and how they're going to do it. And this isn't a wasted vote. If these guys poll about 5% higher in five more national polls by the 15th, they will be on the televised presidential debate against Trump and Clinton, and at a time when so many people, even within their respective parties, hate both candidates, it really is bad. Oh my God. Uh, there is a very real potential. However, it is uh, un unrealized. However, it is unrealized simply because the news refuses to say more than two people running for president. Thanks again for being reasonable and both sides of the story and not just jumping to a conclusion you're supposed to have uh, because you are a party uh, of your party affiliation or whatever. Uh, hope that wasn't unacceptable. I'll include, include a few links, um, but they're pretty long videos genuinely. Yeah, I mean, I saw these guys, so you may not want to watch them as you're recording. No, but I appreciate that. Um, and then what did you, did you curse at me here? <laughs> you get the fucking idea uh, and also have Google. There's plenty more info out there of him if you want to find out about it. Okay. Um, okay, along the lines uh, and among those lines, what is acceptable way to tell people and friends of social media about politics without coming off as a cunty and forcing it down their throat. Well, that's what I always want to do. Uh, thank you so much for this. I didn't know if you wanted me to read the next part, but I get what you're saying. Uh, Brian, I appreciate the submission. And uh, as I've always said on this podcast, and you guys know that many times, Alexis knows my stance, all my friends, my family know my stances. I, you know, I get just as pissed off when somebody puts something about Trump that is just bullshit that they do about anybody else. Like with Hillary, it's bullshit. With Trump, it's bullshit. It's like... Don't Pete like that's what I did that thing and a lot of people got at me but people have been stealing speeches forever. Joe Biden stole a speech. Nobody says it, but because this woman whose fifth language is is the, how about that? I think it's impressive that she was even able to go out there and her fifth language. I'm not saying it was great. I'm not saying what she did was I'm just saying the outrage it's like it needs to be both ways and it's clearly not. Uh I don't like either of these candidates and uh, I don't know much about this Johnson guy. So, I mean, I guess I'll look into it, but I mean, not knowing Harriet Tubman and yeah. saying pussy already, I'm just like, you know, but hey, I'm not In opposed the email, to it. He said there's no name calling. He did call him a pussy, though. He said, That's name calling. He said, if I was there, I'd have called Donald Trump a pussy. Okay. Uh, thank you for the submission, too. Unacceptable from Eric O'Neill. Hey, Paul, first, uh, this first part, please don't read. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I have an unacceptable. What? Okay. So, I think it's the next paragraph. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So sorry about that, but I it just said the first part. You don't keep read. reading it. So I don't. Yeah, <laughs> this first part don't read anyway. Yeah. Who yeah. killed Kennedy? Yeah. <laughs> a fourth shooter. Uh, okay, so <laughs> a fourth. <laughs> there was more smoke. Yeah. All right. Okay. So the unacceptable. 
I was at an Angels game the other day, uh, sitting just a couple rows behind their dugout with my girlfriend and a couple of my friends when a lady who was pretty obviously mentally handicapped came down to the front row with a man taking care of her. This was apparently her first baseball game, and she was a big fan of one of the Angels players, Mike Trout, from Jersey. Yeah. Um, and had a sign with his name. The unacceptable was when there was a foul ball that came... <laughs> when there was a foul ball that... I don't know where this is going. Just the way... You hate the no, tension. No, no, just yeah. the way he said it, you know? Like, okay. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. The unacceptable was when there was a foul, foul that came uh, our way... Trout picked it up and tossed tossed it up to her. Well, he tossed it a little too far, and the guy behind her got it and kept it. Guy, oh, that's fucked up. Uh, guy saw her sign earlier and still just kept it. To make the situation acceptable, though, another foul ball came a few pitches later, and Trout rolled it. This guy's gonna this guy's gonna walk <laughs> it over. Uh, it rolled it across the dugout roof right to her before he uh, went to bat. Uh, so fuck that guy and put him in a wood splintered cage. As you know, I yeah. always say cage. Of yeah, course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and good on Mike Trout for being a stand-up guy. Uh, yeah, nice. I'm now a Trout fan. Thanks, Verzi. Well, thank you for the unacceptable. Thanks for the both stories of it. I like the, the positive outcome. Um, Poor bastard. Mike Trout's got to put it in her bag. He's in the, yeah, he's yeah. In the stands. He's like, please don't lose he's this like, one. Dude, just, I'll drive it to your house <laughs> after the game. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. Here we go. I'll drive it to that. What is your mental challenge? Is it balls? Is that the problem? All right. Here's a quick one from Brady uh, Sebalt or Sebalt. Sorry. I hope I got that right, Brady. Uh, someone tweeting, I don't think anyone understands how excited I am to see three doors down on Thursday. Hashtag unacceptable. Hashtag basically <laughs> Nickelback. What did Nickelback do to anybody? Wow. Why is Nickelback the, it's just like the, they're the whipping boy. It's, it's the carrot top of music. Is like it? that's the one everyone goes to when you want to like use the term hack or something. I love how you sent another email just to say poor man's nickel back yeah. after that. I With think nothing. he got nervous and sent that without typing anything. And then he was like, ah, oh, I sent the hashtag, but I didn't send that unacceptable. You sending two uh, emails is unacceptable. That's hilarious. Uh, Verzi, I'm back and I've got one for you from Drew Taylor. Uh, but then it says Chuck T. So whatever. Yeah, that this is very odd. <laughs> Uh, you know, and then it'll say another person. Yeah, Esquire. Yeah, yeah. At, the, at the bottom, it's like, Esquire, All right, thanks, Susan. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Verzi. I'm still fucked up from the Uber situation. And I'm trying to reach out to Burr and see what he thinks. But so far, he hasn't read it on MMP. Right now, I've got one for you that I could not keep quiet about. Uh, and I would love some of your advice on this issue. A buddy of mine is 26 and has never lived anywhere but with his... Uh, but his parents' house. And he came, this font is crazy, uh, and he came to me uh, with an issue the other day. He lives in a house with his mother and father and told me his father has been up to some sketchy things lately. Mm. Oh, boy. Uh, that's why I love these, because it's like baby novels. Yeah. <laughs> like, even if it's four lines, you're like, where's this going? Where What's going to happen gonna, next? Well, his father's jerking off. That's um, the first yeah, thing. Yeah. I mean, popcorn over uh, here. He said that he will come home some nights and see that his dad has some younger lady coming over for dinner. She's been coming over there and acting as his girlfriend for a couple of months now, and he said his mom is completely fine with it. After dinner, we will go upstairs and bang loudly. Wait, they will go upstairs and bang loudly? What? While my friend 
and his mother are downstairs. What? And they will bang like animals all hours of the night. Wow. What? I was not expecting that. My friend is in a tight spot. So is she, okay? Yeah. Oh. Hey, yo. (laughs) My friend is in a tight spot because he wants to leave his house, but is fearful of his mother's well-being. Wow. If he were to leave her alone in that situation, what should I tell him to do? I feel like leaving is the obvious answer, but there's clearly a little more to consider here. Thanks for everything and keep up. Uh, I'll keep up. I'll keep. I'll keep you updated on any news. A new Uber shit shows. That was unbelievable. Yeah, this this is crazy. What happened? This is like one of the craziest unacceptables with the baby in the Uber. Oh, I didn't hear yeah, that. Yeah, this one. woman left her baby, brought her baby to the Uber, then walked around the car, gave an address, got in another car, and left. And the guy had to take a baby forty five minutes. Fucking crazy. Uh, nothing but love, Verzi. Keep doing your thing. Also, I. Uh, Put the word out to some locals about your show in Arizona. I think, nice, that's awesome. I think uh, you will like it out here. Uh, constantly smash waters or seltzers because dehydration is real. All right, thank you so much, Drew. And uh, as far as advice to your friend, Jeez. I mean, that seems to me like, well, one thing is your friend's mom, like, losing her wits. Like, it seems to me like I don't understand any kind of, the fact that he and the mom could sit downstairs and listen to banging going on. When it's her and, husband. I mean, it just doesn't. And then she's coming over acting like it's she's the girlfriend and the mother's fine. It seems to me like. So he's 26. So here's my interpretation of this. Alexis, you tell me, you know, you tell me you're here. So you tell me if you think either I'm right, wrong, or if you're going to add something to this. But I think that. The mother and father were probably on the outs of the marriage for a long time. And not that there's an agreement, but it's probably just like, look, we're older. Our kids are grown. I'm not leaving the house. You're not leaving the house. And if you're going to do this, I don't, I, instead of being some bitter thing, maybe they just can't stand each other. She looks at it as like a girlfriend and just tries to ignore it. And the kid is just stuck there and they don't really want to tell him what's going on. That's the only thing that makes any kind of sense to me. Yeah. I I mean, it sounds like it's one of those like old school relationships where you're right, it's over, but like they keep, you know, they keep, uh, because they're friends or their family, they don't get divorced. So the dad just gets to do what he wants. But the part about like, he's afraid to leave because of the well-being of his mom what? How are you helping by being there during the banging? You know what I mean? I don't maybe get how he the thinks son is that the, Maybe he thinks, though, but I get that because here's why. I think he may think that leaving his mother in that awful situation gives the father opportunities to even treat her more like shit or to maybe really do things with the woman in front of her. Like maybe him being there does somewhat protect in a way that it's like, okay, my 26-year-old son is here, so I'm not going to... Either way, I think it's completely disrespectful and crazy. And if my advice would be for the son... All right, here's my advice. The son sits with them and goes, look, I'm 26 years old. I'm a grown man. I see what's going on here. It's bizarre. It's weird. What's going on? And then find out if him and his mom should move out. Like yeah. it just seems to me that like they they all shouldn't be under the same roof. Or find a guy for the mom to bang. That's hilarious. Loudly. Yeah, and then the yeah. poor kid's sitting downstairs <laughs> yeah. with a gun in his head. Oh, oh, and she's like, ah, ah, in the room, and he's like, I just, I should have gotten a puppy. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's like a ping pong or tennis match. <laughs> They're trying to just out- looking at each corner. <laughs> They're trying to out moan each other. The dad's like, yeah. She's a young whore. And the mom's like, That's hilarious. Oh, you big black dick. <laughs> he was like, Jesus Christ. I should have just oh. got another apartment. 
Thank you, Chuck. Or Drew. Or yeah. both. Drew Chuck. Uh, here we go. Last one. Okay, what's up, Paul? From David Rathjen. Rathjen. That's, that's what I'm going with. I love how he did half the font the way I like yeah, it. Yeah. And the other font. Okay, here we go. Hey, Paul. This is not an unacceptable. You don't need to read this on the podcast. Okay, so I guess we're done. <laughs> I guess we're done. We will read that after. But uh, I will read that, uh, David, and get back to you. <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, Please don't read this. Anyway, so my mother's back. My, so my sister's banging this married guy. So back to Chuck's the thing. So back to girlfriend's family. <laughs> That's so hilarious. back to Chuck. That's fucking. He knew. So my young mother is leaving. <laughs> She says that the guy's married and they're yeah. just friends. Yeah. The son the came the over. Weirdo. The kid's the weirdo. He, he invites his friends. He invites his friends over to listen. <laughs> One of them was typing an email. So the kid's jacking <laughs> off. <laughs> oh god. Oh, that's great. That would be perfect. Oh, that would be epic. That would be epic. Well, thank you guys so much for the unacceptables. Again, hilarious as always. Um, please, if you want to, and I and I really appreciate the first time. The nice thing is that first time yeah. uh, submitters, and it keeps happening more and more. Thank you guys so much. If you want to submit an Unacceptable to the Verzi Effect podcast, please submit to unacceptablesfortve at gmail.com. That is four spelt out, not the number. So it's unacceptables, F-O-R-T-V-E at gmail.com. I will read them out, uh, and I love uh, all the support. Thank you guys so much. I just want to see here on Twitter if I got any. I don't know if I do. But also, um, I'm going to tell a story that is like Kelly Meyer. Uh, Kelly Meyer is a submitter to my show. Okay. And he's a regular submitter. He's like, he's known. Yeah. People come up to me and goes, dude, you got to get Kelly on the show. Kelly writes about his um, IBS. He has IBS bad. Oh, wow. And he has epic shit stories. But like he <laughs> writes them like Shakespeare would write them. Really? So like he's just like, and then the bubbling couldn't help but be released. <laughs> and dude, it's I am li- watching them crying. Yeah. So he's been this fan um, and he's coming. He's like from Milwaukee. And he's gonna come and see me in New York, and like, um, you know, and like, we, yeah, he's, he's just the greatest, like, yeah. and like the stories. So he's like a regular. So bring I him g- some two ply. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't see any here. No, uh, and if there is, guys, they're buried right now, and I'm sorry about that. But because uh, there was a lot of shows that I was doing, and uh, it was more about tweets like that. But again, if you have the quick ones, I will definitely uh, shout it out. Um, oh, this is from Josh Sellers at Joshua D Sellers. Um, thank you for opening up about anxiety and depression. Genuinely helps my anxiety. Yeah, guys, that's the thing. Like, um, acute anxiety is on my mom's side. Like I said, my sister dealt with it. She called me up. We have bouts of it that come out of nowhere. It can be, like I said, debilitating. You know, losing your breath and, and, you know, pains and itchy and burning sensations and dizzy and feeling out of control, feeling like you're going to die. All that shit, man. If you have it, just know it can't kill you. Talk to somebody and don't be ashamed of it. Don't. Don't be, you know, don't be the fat guy who knows he's got diabetes but just refuses to go to the doctor even though he's got all the symptoms and he ends up dropping dead in 95 degree wet. Like, don't do that, man. Like, don't put yourself through it. Even though anxiety and depression can't physically kill you, it can basically make you feel like you might as well be. So um, anybody that I reached out to with it on the show, um, I appreciate that. And And I'm glad that I don't self-medicate either because there's a lot of people who do that. Oh, and I'm sorry, Chris Frost, that MM Frosty boy, uh, he sent me an unacceptable. Somebody barefoot in a movie theater, and it's up on the other, on the oh. back of the other one. So uh, thank you for that one. Uh, that is the unacceptables. Here's the shit story, and I haven't had it this bad ever. So I thought I would share it. 
by no stretch is it going to be a Kelly Meyer type thing. <laughs> but I don't know if you ever had this, dude. I had to take a shit driving, right? And I was Ooh. with my son. Dude, it was... No, I'm not kidding you. It was so bad. It got so bad that it felt like knives were pushing out of the front of my of my like guts. Oh. And I literally, at one point, Lucas was in the back, I almost closed my eyes and just said to myself, you're about, you're just going to have to let go and shit your pants with your son in the back seat. Where were you driving then? You I couldn't... was driving around here and it just hit me. And it hit me to the point where it couldn't be helped. Yeah. And I'm literally going... Like, I, when I tell you it was so close, that 10 feet was the difference. Like, it mattered. And I'm going up the hill, and I'm breathing, and I'm breathing. And I'm I almost just let it go. I almost had to let it go and just say, I know Lucas in the car. I'm going to run in and clean myself up. And I got there, and it was brutal. Oh. Oh, it was brutal. I kind of wish you would have done it in the lawn, and then your lawnmower guy. You're, you're no problem. Two, three minutes. Oh, Mr. Reversi, there's a problem already. <laughs> Uh, two, yeah. three minutes, no I, problem. I think they're bears. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is big. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. It's still recording. It should be still. Yeah, okay. Still recording, yes. Something happened, but we'll, yeah. we're recording still. It knocked out my bit. That's all. Uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, oh, got a movie to see. Got a movie to review. Saw Ghostbusters with the family. And uh, my son's behind me. He's probably not going to like this. My wife and kids liked it better. Um, I'm not hating on it because it was women. I'm not trying to be like that. I went in saying, let this be fun. You know, the kids are here. There's going to be some ghosts. We'll eat some candy. We'll have some popcorn. It'll be everything. I just thought there were certain parts that were like, ah. But Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig kind of held it. Yeah. Um, Leslie Jones did a great job. And what's her name? Might have stole it. So they did great, all of them. Um, uh, Kate McKinnon? Kate McKinnon crushed. She looks like she's going to be a beast. But like they, they all, the Ghostbusters, the four of them all did their thing. I just feel like there were just some crazy parts at the end that were just like, but whatever. i not going to hate it, but I will say this, and I'd be lying. I always give you guys the honest review on the show. This is one I'd wait for on DVD or wait for like on demand. Uh, that's just my opinion, but I still think it was entertaining and not horrible. Just I wouldn't run to, right. you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I wouldn't. And I didn't like how Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd were in it and not the parts that they were. They're, like, different. Like, I would have liked it if they were older and, like, kind of, like, looked up to as, like, legends and maybe give some advice. Right. But instead, they were just different characters. And I didn't like that. I was just, like, there was, like, one, like now he's a different doctor. So that was, that, was my, that was my thing about it. Lucas, you liked it, right? You're over there. You want to talk about it? No. He doesn't want right. to talk about it. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's just a <laughs> Oh, ghost. you're not over there? Cool. <laughs> um... All right, so Alexis is here. Alexis talks about soccer. He has a podcast about soccer. So I want to ask you this question, okay? Hey. <laughs> don't, don't, hey. Are not, my in-laws no, here? No, relax. No, now it's, it's going to, no toy. That's how I, that's how I do it. Um, why in America has this sport not done what it's supposed to do? It's, I thought five years ago or yeah. whatever it was, it was supposed to be the World Cup, and now why? I think I think honestly, like it's it's we have there's so many different things at hand, you know, like there's a passion for the sport, but like everyone, the majority of fans seem to be European fans, so they're like I, my first introduction to soccer was you know 
watching like my Portuguese friends, uh, dads watch it, Brazilian uh, da friends, dads watch it, South American fan, uh, friends, dads watch it. So like I never knew it as an American sport. And as much as I absolutely love the American player and I love the sport, I understand that our talent level isn't there yet. Yeah. Those things are being put in place. But I think America's way, like they love the woman's game. You know, like they love the women's, uh, you know, when they're in the World Cup or they're in the Olympics because they win. And I think Americans are just like, why am I going to start being a fan of something we suck at? You know, I think that's a great point. So basically what you're saying is if we turn soccer into how we're the best in the NBA, if we started doing that, then people would be like, we dominate. Because it is true. It's yeah. like how many people became Yankee fans because their father, grandfather, great-grandfather all told them about the winning tradition. Yeah, absolutely. And then they did it. So, so, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I was a fan of the Yankees in the 90s because, um, whatchamacallit, because, like, you know, they're, uh, whatchamacallit, like, you know, it, 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 Cuba's, like, all Yankee fans. So my grandfather loved the Yankees. So, like, I grew up, I knew I had to be a Yankee fan. There's not a lot of that for soccer. There's no tradition in soccer. The MLS started in 96. So, right now, we're seeing the fruits of that labor. We're seeing that second generation of kids that have grown up whose parents like soccer. Right. So, it's going to become more popular. But it's also going to, we have to get we have to get over the stigma that it's like a, like a girl's sport. Or, like, when I was growing up, it was like, you know, I say a joke on stage. I'm like, people finding out you were a soccer fan was like them finding out you were secretly gay. Like they, you know, like they outed you. You know, well, that's 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 like I'm doing a joke about that with Trump because I know more people like Trump than he says. Yeah, for than, sure. Than they say. And I said I was on stage and I go, how many people here like Trump? And one guy clapped and I go, you know, good for him. And people clap for him because like that's tough to do. Yeah. In liberal New York City to admit something, and it's America. You should be able to do that. Right. And I said, but there's more. I go, there's more here. And I go, it's like the new gay. Like, you don't want to fully come out yet. Yeah, yeah. But um, I got to tell you, my son plays soccer. And um, I remember this year, I'd be on the sidelines. And I turned into that dad. And it's a beautiful game. Like, um, And I'm not trying to be funny. He, had a, he has a Mexican kid on his team. Right. Who's... Right. Insane. Like 10 and, years uh, older, no, but his, I mean, <laughs> his birth certificate's in crayon. Got, and he's got like a two and a half year old brother who's like on the sidelines. Amazing. Yeah. Like a two and a half, like you could tell. And the dad's just kicking the ball up like it's nothing. Like the dad, like, I don't even think it touched his feet. It was just yeah. elevating. <laughs> like, and, and I'm just, and I'm watching it. But when soccer's played right, and listen, I'm watching it on a smaller field. Right. I'm watching it, but when the, there's, there's a couple of brothers that play, uh, and they're amazing. And, they just, they're in sync, and they pass the ball back and forth, and then one knows when to strike it and, and when it you know when it's time to score and how to do it. And when the game is played like that oh, and you yeah. watch it like that, basically like the spurs of basketball, right. where it's fundamentally, it's an amazing game. Yeah. You have to be in insane shape. The way these guys run constantly. Six and I miles say, a game. I mean, it's and, and, and the mental capacity of the goalie, like I didn't even realize how the goalie, how smart... Yeah, and like the like the thought process that goes into it with the penalty kicks or what the what the person's thinking. Yeah. How do you you have to anticipate your body yards in advance, right? Yeah, yards in advance of where you think it's gonna go. Simple steps like one step forward cuts off the angles. One step back. Yeah. What about a player coming down the other side that he's gonna pass it to? You have to put yourself in a position to be able to jump in all those directions. Absolutely insane. I think the sport if. More people came and watched a game, there would be more fans because it's a beautiful sport. Once we get rid of that stigma that it's like a, a corny sport or it's un-American, which is ridiculous. America finished third place in the first ever World Cup. The idea that it's some oh, oh yeah, no, the idea that it's not an American sport. 
pisses me off. It's like it was here before. There's a lot of reasons. There's a whole book called The Soccer Wars that goes into why it wasn't, you know, more popular. But at one point it was more popular than the NFL in the U.S., than American football. So yeah. there's there's the, the there's the reasons there for it to be popular and it's coming back. And, you know, the one thing that scares me about the the um, the politics is the lack of immigration, because the more immigrants that come here, the more popular the sport is because they're bringing the tradition of soccer with yeah. them. So I'm for that reason, besides also being Hispanic, just like get as many soccer, you know, get yeah. as many. Let all the Mexicans in here. That way there's more soccer fans. No, it's 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 such a great game. And I think it's something that like really hit me when I bet on it, because when I bet on it in Vegas, it made me watch it. I bet on Algeria and Germany. Yeah. And it was like 800 to one. Like if, if, if <laughs> Algeria won, we would have won a lot of money. Right. And we're just watching the game and it was Wait, like. this wasn't the 20. The World Cup. Which one? 2014 or 22? Oh, okay. Because we beat, in 2010, we beat them really. No, in 2014, Germany won. No, Germany Correct? won. I'm Algeria. The U.S. beat Algeria in the last second goal. Oh, okay. So I'm like, wait, did he bet for Algeria against the U.S.? No, no, we, we, no, we bet Algeria against uh, Germany just because the odds were, if we won, it was so it's much crazy. Money. Yeah. Like I think Burr, Burr put a lot more on it. Burr would have won 800. I think Burr put 100 on it, would have won 800. I put like 50 on it, would have won like a lot, like 400, yeah. like a lot of money. Bucks, yeah. So we're just all like Bartnick. We were all there and we were in the sports book and we were having a drink and we really enjoyed it. And I was like, this game is really cool, man. Yeah, and it doesn't stop, which is what I love. It's 45 minutes of action twice. Right. There's no pauses, nothing. Um, so catch the Cooligans podcast with um, Christian Polanco and Alexis Guerrero, my guest today. Thanks for being yeah. here, dude. Thank you, man. Uh, this went quick. This was a lot of fun. Um, as far as my plugs, guys, uh, August 13th, check me out. I will be in Pelham in my backyard the second time. Uh, I had such a great time the first time. It was sold out, packed out. Uh, I'm looking to do that again. They run a great great room and great show in the back of legendary burger joint Rockwell's and Pelham uh, you go in the back and you're like wow this is an awesome comedy club with the perfect dimensions so come out that is August 30th and uh, September 9th and 10th I will be co-headlining the all in tour um, which we're going to be adding somebody to that soon we're going to make an announcement soon but uh, for this show me and Joe Bartnick will be at comics at Mohegan Sun September 9th and 10th also, check me out headlining Wednesday night, September 21st at the Tempe, Arizona Improv. And then I will be doing the uh, Big Pine Comedy Festival in Flagstaff, Arizona, the 22nd through the 24th. Alexis, what do you got? Um, coming up, uh, I have all my contacts. I have all my dates uh, up on my website if you go to AlexisGuerreros.com. Uh, a lot of cool stuff coming up, uh, but also Illuminati Party, which you did. Uh, that's coming up. Oh, yeah. dude, that's a great room. I did it last week, and I had a, such a blast. Please check that out. Another room that's perfect for it. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. Cool little room. It's like the secret like mafia basement in Soho. Myself and Mike Cannon, we co-host. Becky does a great job booking it. Got Verzi on it when I, even I couldn't, and he's my friend. Uh, so you got to come check that out. It's called Illuminati Party. If you follow us online, it's at Party Illuminati on our uh, Instagram and our Twitter. Mostly our Instagram. Ask us for tickets. I'll give you guys free tickets just because you're listeners of uh, the Verzi effect. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for being here, guys. Please check out gonzofame.com, citylivingdog.com, uh, drinkmoregood.com, and all things comedy. This has been episode 269. Until 270, I'm out of here. Uh, check me out on Twitter, too, at Paul Verzi, V-I-R-Z-I. Tell a friend, submit some unacceptables, and I will see you guys next time.